Welcome to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, today is Tuesday, July 7th, 2020. My name is Chip and I'm your host. Um, if you're a new listener, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and now we're on iHeartRadio. You can also find us on YouTube at Gridiron Fantasy Football. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss another episode. And, you know, we just celebrated 4th of July. I hope everyone had a very good 4th of July weekend. Um, I know things are probably going to be altered a little bit just based on what's going on and everything. But regardless, I hope everyone had a, a nice, safe, and fun uh, 4th of July weekend. So, well, guys, there's a lot of news to talk about, so I want to get right into it. As of today, um, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes signed a 10-year contract extension worth $503 million with $477 million guaranteed. He is the first American athlete to sign a contract worth almost over half a billion dollars. I mean, we all knew Patrick Mahomes, when it was time for him to sign a new contract, was going to blow it out of the water. And he is on his own island of what he is from a quarterback standpoint. A lot of people are talking about how he's going to set the market. Regardless of what's going to happen, no one's going to make more money than Patrick Mahomes. He's on his own island by himself. And it's just now figuring out who's going to be that second tier of quarterbacks being paid, if it's going to be Deshaun Watson or Dak Prescott, whatever. But this is something that is just, it's weird to see. It's its an exciting thing to see someone who has so much success coming into the league, already winning an MVP in his first year as a starter, and then winning a Super Bowl in his third year as a starter. I mean, this is the elite quarterback for years to come. And what better way for securing the face of the NFL moving forward with sign him to a 10-year extension, which will give him a contract through uh, 2031. So super exciting news. Um, obviously, you see me if you're watching on YouTube. I'm, watch- I'm wearing my Patrick Mahomes jersey um, in honor of the fact that he just signed a huge, massive contract. So uh, it is it is going to be fun to watch him play throughout the years. And I look forward to it, just like everyone else, and look forward to see what he does um, with this new contract and having more Super Bowls and things that he does, you know, in the next 10 to 12 years. But on the flip side, we're on this high mark, this high of Patrick Holmes signing this massive contract. And then in other news, we have on the other spectrum, we have Cam Newton. He signed with the New England Patriots on a one-year league minimum um, incentive-based contract. And it's just crazy to see a, a Starter in the league who won the MVP, went to the Super Bowl, has success in the league, where he's signing a a veteran minimum contract compared to somebody who's ascending upwards and Patrick Mahomes who has exceeded every expectation. But I think Cam Newton's gonna be good in New England. It's gonna be weird to see the dynamic between him and Belichick, but I do think that they'll find a way to make it work. Um, he's a different quarterback than Tom Brady, obviously. He's a different personality. He brings a different persona with him. But I think, in essence, I think that he'll win the starting job and he'll be an interesting you know, prospect going into the drafts this year to kind of see where he'll go. But I personally don't see him not starting for New England. I think you bring him in to fight for the starting position and then I think ultimately he'll get it. I think he's just too good and too talented to not be the starter this year in New England. And then we have Browns tight end David Njoku has requested a trade before training camp. Um, this is kind of a surprising thing to see. 
Uh, I know that bringing Austin Hooper probably made him probably upset that the fact that they brought another tight end when he is a really good tight end. I think that he was on that verge of breaking out and now bringing Austin Hooper, I think maybe um, he feels like a new a new beginning is 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 worthy of the trade request. But uh, there hasn't been a lot going on in that talk. I haven't heard anything uh, based on all the resources that in the sources that we see throughout the NFL and, and sports that uh, it seems unlikely that he'll be traded. It looks like he is in the plans for the Browns going into this season. But still, I mean, it's it's always interesting to hear players requesting trades right before um training camp and all that so we'll see so that could obviously from a fancy standpoint will determine his value once or if he gets traded from from cleveland and then another news we have antonio brown he has been working out with russell wilson we've seen the videos on instagram and all their social media that uh, antonio brown obviously wants to be back in the league and he's been working out with russell wilson and i don't know how much leverage that has or if russell wilson is trying to leverage having Antonio Brown on the team. I mean, it will be very interesting to see what happens in the dynamic of that, but it looks like Antonio Brown still has the skills, obviously. I don't think anyone has questioned his skills. It's just a matter of what the league's going to do with him moving forward in terms of, you know, suspensions or anything like that. So uh, just look, you know, keep a lookout on that and see what, you know, see what transpires from that. And lastly, the NFL has reduced the preseason by two games. So they took away week one and week four. And then they're also talking, well, the NFLPA has discussed eliminating all of 2020 preseason games, which that's going to be very interesting when it comes to fantasy out, you know, outlooks because there's a lot of players who emerge in the preseason that is on, on nobody's radar. And the fact that we won't be able to see anybody play if that happens is going to put every fantasy football player on an even surface when it comes to not really having a one-up on if you've watched, like I watch preseason all the time. So I'm, I love watching preseason games because I like seeing players that emerge that maybe other people in my league are not watching. So I'm big on that. So now if there's no, no preseason, that's going to make a lot of players that we weren't expecting to emerge, even emerge kind of out of nowhere, you know, during the season, because usually you see some players kind of take off in the preseason and, now, if we don't get one, it's going to be very hard to evaluate depth and, and other receivers or other running backs or quarterbacks that may be on the roster that may get opportunity to start. Um, it'll be very interesting. So that's uh, yeah, that's the news and pretty pretty crazy, you know, you know, week of, of what's going on in the NFL. So um, today we are talking about my my 2020 breakout candidates. And right now, uh, I have I've chosen to do two at each position, and I'm going to go ahead and jump right into it and actually start with my quarterbacks. Um, if you have listened to some of my other podcasts and watched on YouTube, um, some of these players are probably going to be uh, repeated because I would I would kind of hint here and there that I think certain players would break out and emerge um, this season. So my first quarterback I, that I think will break out this year, I know it doesn't seem like a a reach of a pick, but I have Kyler Murray um, being one of the breakouts this year. Now, last year he was he finished the season with, as QB eight. Um, he he threw for twenty touchdowns. Uh, he threw for uh, three thousand two hundred seventy seven yards and rushed for five hundred forty four yards with four rushing touchdowns. Now, I do think that my two quarterbacks that I chose for breakout this year 
could potentially be MVP candidates. I know with Kyler Murray, it doesn't seem that uh, outlandish to say that, but I do think that there's potential. I mean, I love Murray this year. Uh, I just think when you when you have Kenyon Drake, you have Larry Fitzgerald, you have Christian Kirk, and then you add DeAndre Hopkins to the roster, and now you have a you're gonna have a full season to play with all these weapons. I mean, I think Murray's gonna have a great sophomore season. And you know, he is so accurate in throwing the ball. I love where he can place the ball and it just makes that more of a difference when you see someone who can can rush like he can rush, can throw as accurate as he can throw, um, and just extend the plays. I mean, he's definitely going to break out this year. I can see him possibly being a he could be an MVP candidate this year. He could be the third quarterback in a row that are second year quarterbacks making it and winning the MVP. Um, I think that he has potential to have a Lamar Jackson season. So we'll see. I mean, he he was top four in rushing last year amongst quarterbacks. I think that he is he is a good passer. I don't think you're going to see him rush for yards like Lamar Jackson did. But I think that you're going to see a huge improvement in that offense. The only downside to Kyler Murray this year is the fact of the matter is that he got sacked 48 times last year. So unless they can shore up that offensive line, I just hope that he does other things that help with the sack total. And I think if he's able to obviously minimize the sack total, he's going to definitely emerge in, in more rushing yards or whatnot. So hopefully he can extend the plays a little bit more and, and limit the sacks. Uh, now my number two quarterback, breakout quarterback, I have is Drew Locke. Now this may be a very unpopular pick. However, Drew Locke has, has breakout potential this year. I think him breaking out has gained a lot of steam. I think after the draft and after free agency and all that stuff, I think we've seen the Broncos do a very good job on putting talent around him. And now last year, he only started five games, so he ended as the quarterback 37. But if you stat out his season throughout 16 games, he would have thrown for 3,264 yards, so pretty much identical to Kyler Murray. And he would have had 22 touchdowns, which he had more than Kyler Murray. And then he had nine interceptions, which... You know, that's not a bad ratio from touch as the interceptions. And then he did have 20, 230 yards rushing, which he Drew Locke is not a rushing quarterback. But the fact of the matter is that when you add the talent that he've added around him and you see kind of a small sample size of what he did last year, Drew Locke is definitely going to exceed his ADP. I mean, you have already in the offense, you have Cortland Sutton, you have Noah Fant. Then you add Jerry Judy. Then in free agency, you add Melvin Gordon to the backfield alongside Philip Lindsay. I mean, this this offense has a chance to explode. I mean, they they definitely will be a. Top, I think they have they have a chance to be a top ten offense. I mean, then you then you they added Pat Shermer to the offensive coordinator position. This is a may be a like I said, it may be like an unpopular pick, but I do think that. Drew Locke can definitely raise some eyebrows this year on how he plays and what he does this year. I think he is one of those guys where, you know, we didn't know Carson went to the second year. It was no blow up like he did. I just think there is a lot of potential with Drew Locke, if he's healthy, to break out and definitely blow his ADP out of the water. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I have Drew Locke on a lot of my my radars and my redraft leagues. I really want to get Drew Locke as I, I, I play in a lot of two quarterback leagues 
I have no problem having Drew Locke as my my cheap QB2 or maybe even have him on my bench as a, my third quarterback um, just for depth. So definitely someone to look at if you're looking to try to find and try to draft, you know, draft a lot of like high-end players in the running back and receiver position and try to wait on a quarterback. Now, this is if you're in a one-quarterback league. Um, it definitely will make a difference uh, if you're able to just hold hold back a little bit, fill your roster as much studs as you can, and then add someone like Drew Locke. I, I think he has a potential of a great season. Now, moving on to my running back position. For my two running back breakouts this year, the first one I'm going to acknowledge is I'm going to put Miles Sanders as my number one breakout this year. Last year, he was the R, you know RB15 you know the Eagles had a pretty decent rushing offense. They were they finished the season 11th in the rush, you know, in the NFL in rushing offense. You know, Miles Sanders definitely had an up and down season, but he really emerged in December. He he tallied 80 rushing attempts for 380 yards and two touchdowns. He also added two, 23 receptions for 170 yards and two touchdowns. Now, like I said before, he started the season really slow because Jordan Howard was still there. And once Jordan Howard got injured, you saw Miles Sanders really exceed and be in that starter. Uh, I, he's also an excellent receiver. He definitely had the, uh, the targets where he also had 8.2 yards per target. Now, if he gets the workload, then he's going to be an RB1 this year. But you're not going to have to draft him as RB1. You'll probably see him fall to being somewhere maybe fringe RB1, so you can see him being one of the later running backs being taken, but the potential is there for him to break out. And I think that it's definitely without question, he was one of the biggest winners in the NFL draft because the Eagles were talking about adding a running back in the draft. And the fact that they didn't draft anybody was a huge clue that he was going to be the number one running back. But then there has been talks in free agency, you know, as well, or some or adding somebody later on in training camp to kind of, add some depth to the running back position, which is concerning because you never want to see a, a running back like Miles Sanders get any workload taken away from him. But again, it's July now. Training camp starts hopefully in a few weeks, and there hasn't been nothing, no signings or anything like that. So I think regardless, he's going to have a breakout season, and um, I'm really excited to to try to get him on my roster as well. Now my number two running back, I have is Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake last year was the RB17. Now, just like the Eagles, the Cardinals had a top 10 rushing offense. Now, Drake was traded from Miami to Arizona at the trade deadline. And now that you see David Johnson is no longer in the picture in Arizona, the backfield belongs to Drake. You know, he came on strong last year and won a lot of people fancy championships. You know, he averaged 27 and a half points in the fancy playoffs. In the eight games he played with Arizona, he averaged close to 80% of the snaps. He's a good runner and he can contribute in the past game with, you know, he had 50 receptions last year. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Kenyon Drake with the workload that he was getting at the end of last season. If you map that out between 16 games in that offense, I definitely can see Drake creeping into the top five in running backs this year, you know, especially on now being in that system for a second year, having Kyler Murray there for a second year, just you would hope that everything in, in the running back position, or I'm sorry, in that in the running back position, but also with the Arizona as the offense, 
everything should be clicking and i think they're gonna have a really good season now on to my wide receivers now for my wide receivers i have at my number one breakout for this year i have calvin ridley i know a lot of people are talking about calvin ridley but he is going to just burst into the scene this year and be a i think an uh, wide receiver one now last year he was the wide receiver 27 you know this is Ridley's third year in the league I just have a feeling that Ridley's going to have a Chris Godwin type season. For some reason, it just seems like it's his time to shine and he's going to be that next guy who's going to break out the wide receiver position. And I can see him finishing, like I said, in the top 10. You know, he has averaged 92 targets each year he's been in the league. He also, but also last year, he did have 93 targets last year, but last year he missed three games due to an injury. So if he plays a full season, you know, he. If he had played a full season last year, he had he was projected to end the season a wide receiver 14. So he's not far off if he's able to stay healthy. So you talk about Austin Hooper leaving, Devontae Freeman leaving. That's a lot of targets that need to be added to either my tight end that I'm going to bring up or to Calvin Ridley. I mean, his target share is definitely going to increase. I mean, he's a number two wide receiver and a high-powered passing offense. He's going to get 120 targets without a doubt. You know, he will be drafted as a wide receiver two, but he will end as a wide receiver one this year. Calvin Ridley is a huge, huge value this year. So if you're concerned about you miss out on the top guys at the wide receiver position, just know there's Calvin Ridley out there and you can get wide receiver one production out of him. Now, my number two receiver I have is DK Metcalf. And last year he was wide receiver 33. Now, we all know Metcalf is a freak of nature at the wide receiver position. I mean, we all saw last year, we saw A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf before the season started, just how they both look like Batman. I mean, it is ridiculous on how big these guys are. And, you know, last year, D.K. DK Metcalf did start off the season pretty slow. Um, He didn't really do a lot of, he didn't have a lot in his route tree. He definitely was kind of a nine route type of player, slant route type of receiver, but However, as you see, as you saw the season progress, you saw Metcalf running more types of routes. He he usually solely lines up on the left side of formations, but you did see him do a couple. You know, a, he did move over to the right of the formation, not as much as the left, obviously, but he he definitely was moving around a little bit more. I do think the Seahawks will find a way to move him around more this year, where he's not solely just on the left side. Uh, you know, he has a huge presence near the red zone. You know, he led the league last year with 19 red zone targets. So that's a huge thing for value for fancy wide receivers, especially if you're trying to get a, some type of breakout or sleeper, is how are they used? And DK Metcalf, it will be used in the red zone. So really, really look at DK Metcalf as somebody that you can get late, but also give you hopefully borderline wide receiver one potential. You know, he's con- he's going to continue to be the number one red zone target for the Seahawks. I can't see that changing. Uh, you know, I also think he will he will lead the league in, or I'm sorry, league lead the Seahawks in targets and air yards. I just think he has the potential to, you know, to get over hundred targets and they get over a thousand yards. I mean, that seems, you know, if he had turned more of the red zone targets into touchdowns, he definitely would be considered a lot higher on our, on our rankings. But, you know, he's a guy that, you know, they do have Tyler Lockett. They did bring in Philip Dorsett. So there's other things out there, but, they just don't have the physical presence that DK Metcalf does. So I think that's going to be Russell Wilson's go-to target next year. 
Now a tight end. Now my breakouts are, you know, I I I think they're they're decent. I don't think that they're big reaches or hot takes or anything like that. I think if you look at the potential of what these guys are able to do, I do believe that these guys will emerge and break out this season. My number one breakout for this season is Hayden Hurst. Um, last year, he was the tight end 34. You know, he had 30 receptions on 39 targets for 349 yards and two touchdowns last year. You know, he did have, he wasn't really a part of the offense for the Ravens as much as obviously Mark Andrews or whatnot. He was kind of like that um, second tier guy. But if you look at what the Falcons do with a tight end position, if you look at what, how they utilize a tight end, I mean, last year, Austin Hooper for the Falcons had 18% of the target share. So if you look at, what that will give for Hayden Hurst. I mean, Austin Hooper last year was the number one tight end before he got injured. So if you look at that and then you add Hayden Hurst, who has the potential, he was a first round pick. So he has the potential to break out this season, especially if they, the Falcons utilize him like they utilize Austin Hooper. You know, he was, you know, Hurst was traded from the, from the Baltimore Ravens to the Atlanta Falcons in the off season. Now I, in my rankings alone, if you watch my last video about my tight ends, I have Hayden Hurst ranked at number nine. So I have him pretty high. I, I think highly of him this year. You know, he does have the skills to flourish in the Falcons offense just because the Falcons do utilize the tight end position. You know, I think that, like I was saying about Calvin Ridley and why his target share will go up is because there's a lot of vacant targets. So you add someone like who's talented like Hayden Hurst into the Falcons offense. Why can't Hayden Hurst have a year like, or be this year's Darren Waller or Mark Andrews. I mean, it's, it, he's a risky pick, but like he's, he, he's, he's a late flyer. He's worth taking. If all the top tight ends are gone and you're looking at potential of like, okay, who can break out? I definitely can see Hayden Hurst being that guy. So definitely someone that you can draft that has tight end one potential. So really look into Hayden Hurst as a guy that you can, you know, if you have to wait on tight end position, you know, he's a guy that you can, potentially see as a, a guy that breaks out. And then my number two tight end I have is Tyler Higby. You know, last year he had a good season. So him breaking out this year would, it's not much of a hot take, but the fact, the fact of the matter is he has potential to be a top five tight end. I mean, he did end last season as tight end eight. You know, he had 69 receptions on 89 targets for 434 yards and for 734 yards and three touchdowns. He owned 15% of the target share. Now, Higby was an unexpected fantasy stud late in the season. You know, he did average 21.44 PPR points from weeks 13 to 17. And he was in the game for 92% of the Rams' offensive snaps. So when he was in the game, he was obviously intentionally used. You know, he's a nightmare matchup. If he's healthy and he plays all 16 games, Tyler Higby will be a tight end one again this year and possibly a top five tight end. He de he definitely is one of those those breakout candidates for, for this season. Um, so in conclusion, for my breakouts this year, I have for quarterback, Kyler Murray. I have Drew Locke. At my running back breakout position, I have Miles Sanders, Kenyon Drake. At wide receiver, I have Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, at my tight end position, I have Hayden Hurst and Tyler Higby. So that's there you have it. Those are my 2020 breakout candidates. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Let me know if you found value out of this. 
please leave a comment. Let's discuss what breakout candidates you may think are potentially out there. If I, you know, tell me if you agree, or disagree with me. I want to, I want to have a communication dialogue. So in the community, so please, please let me know, leave a comment. Now on next or my next episode, I'm going to talk about my bounce back candidates for 2020. So please hit subscribe so you don't miss another episode. Now you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at the Great Iron Pod. And you can find us on Instagram at the Great Iron Fancy Football. So that's it for today. Have a great day. And we'll see you all in the next episode. Take care.